Well, you can tell that the outdoor season is finally here. This next month is chock full of speedy races south of the border, and already we're talking about who will rep the Maple Leaf in London at this year's World Champs. On this week's show, we chat with Scott McDonald, the technical lead at Athletics Canada, about the announcement of this year's track and field champs happening in Ottawa this July. As well, rising star Rory Linkletter is fresh off a busy march that saw him at World Cross Champs, NACAC Cross, and the NCAA Indoors. You're tuned into the Terminal Mile, at the Terminal Mile on Instagram and Twitter, a Tracky Radio production. Rory Linkletter is a rising star distance runner from Alberta, currently attending Brigham Young University. He had a super busy march at NACAC Cross, NCAA Indoor Finals, and the World Cross Country Championships in Uganda. We caught up with him a little bit earlier this week in Utah. So I was uh, I was checking out your Twitter just a, a couple of minutes ago, at the Papa Links, and uh, you, you mentioned that you are currently in your first 100-mile week. How is that going along right now? Honestly, it feels great. I mean... I've always been one that likes mileage. I always feel better when I can go out there and just, you know, run for a long time and get in some quality and quantity all at the same time. So, you know, I've been sitting around 90 miles a week for most of this year, last the last calendar year as well. And with BYU, we like to kind of go in increments of 10 when we increase. And I felt like with my hopes of moving up to the 10,000 this outdoor season, uh, that a a jump to 100 miles a week from 90 would just add strength and the base I need to run a good, good 10,000. So you're coming off a, like a huge march right now, and we'll get into that in a second, but uh, outdoors is just around the corner. In fact, the really fast meets are, are really right now. What's what's your quality looking like? Um, It's looking good. I mean, I've, I'm thinking about running... The plan is right now to do Mount Sac and Peyton Jordan, and I think that we'll do the 10,000 at Mount Sac just because it's the debut. That's that's a lower-key race. I wouldn't want to jump in Peyton Jordan as a debut 10,000 just because, you know, those those ones you're kind of going out there and you hammer from the gun. Mm-hmm. And so I want to kind of feel out the race and, you know, be able to run to win, you know, compete at a high level. I know of some people that are going to be doing that 10,000, Evan Estling being one of them that I know really well after that world experience. And I think there would be a good field at Mount Sac, but not anything overwhelming for my first one. So I think I'm going to do that 10,000 and then the 5k at Peyton Jordan and training in between those two periods. I just, just a few solid weeks of, you know, putting in the, the mileage and the hard workouts and being ready for those. So taking a look at your march, man, it was super busy. You were uh, you were at the Pan Am Cup in in Florida at the beginning of March. From there, you went to uh, to College Station to compete at uh, NCAA indoors in in the five thousand, and then you wrapped up the month in Uganda at the uh, at the World Cross Country Championships, which is is huge. And for a guy as young as yourself, I mean, you were born in '96. It would have been an awesome experience just to go, but. In both cases, you were the second Canadian across the line in both of those races, in both of the big cross races. How did it feel to not just experience, but actually really thrive in comparison to your teammates? It was like picture perfect in my mind. Like the experience itself is obviously really fun, just being able to compete on an international stage and with some of the top Canadians and 
learn from those people and learn how to race a new a new environment like i've i've been in the ncaa system for a few years now and you race the same people pretty repetitively and this is kind of a whole new field so you go into a race and you don't know what these guys fitness is like where they're coming in what their goals are and you just go you just feel it and you just run and sometimes that's refreshing and that's what it felt like to me it was just refreshing to have a new style of running a new just kind of a new crack at something. And so it was really fun. I mean, I obviously wanted to be as, as solid as I could for the team. And I really liked the group we had, and we felt really good about running with each other. We had a lot of chemistry for a team that, you know, is just kind of thrown thrown together from however you place at nationals. But I got to train with Trevor over my Christmas break. I went home to Calgary, and we ran together virtually every day for about a week. And got to know him really well and I felt like our fitness was somewhat comparable over over the two races so we got to kind of like almost be like true teammates I know we wear the same jersey but sometimes it can feel like you're not really teammates with those guys because you train at different places and you don't really know them that well but I got a good team vibe with that experience and was able to run with those those guys those older guys wiser guys than myself and really learn from them and it was just unbelievable so tell me about that. You mentioned older, wiser guys. I'm thinking definitely Evan Esseling for sure. He's a guy who, you know, he did well in the NCAA uh, in the events that, that you're looking at. Did, when you were spending time with him, did you, uh, you know, kind of pick his brain and, and try and get as much out of the experience as you could? Oh, totally. I mean, we bounced ideas off each other for training. Like, everybody has a different approach to running how his experience was at indiana how mine is at byu and how his is now with uh david scott thomas over there at speed river and he and i both talked you know training principles like our experiences and it was insightful of course like it's it's awesome to to meet meet new people and learn new things that's what i like most of all of the international experience uganda and uh was getting to know those guys on my team seeing the guys on the other teams talking to them you know same same idea just running is a sport that knowledge can only help you and I felt like I left that very hungry knowing that I could learn a lot from those guys okay so let's take a step back college station uh Texas the NCAA indoor finals. It's the uh, it's the five thousand meter race. You're in a race with uh, with King Ches and a whole just a really stacked field. You actually led that race for a little bit. Talk to me about the about the race and uh, and how you think you did. Oh, that was that was an experience as well. Like I just I was one of the last guys to get in off of the mark. You know, uh, the NCAA takes the top sixteen indoor marks. I was the sixteenth time in the regular season so barely squeaked in and but I knew my fitness was strong and I felt good about that and wanted to go in there and kind of mix it up I thought realistically I could land one of those first team all-american spots and be top eight uh so I thought get on the rail get out get in good position and run run my race and see how it plays out and I executed that to a T for about the first 4k and the last k the wheels kind of fell off and a couple guys blew by me and it was kind of kind of a rough finish i'm used to being one of the guys that can close the race really well i've had most of my racing experience in college i've been one of the guys that can close better than 
the rest of the field. And that time I got swallowed up and spat out the back. So it was definitely a humbling experience knowing that there's still a lot of work to be done to be able to run with those guys. And, but it, overall, I'm, I'm happy with the fact that I went out there and, you know, tried to, tried to battle with the top dogs and I wasn't going to go run a conservative race for some sloppy, whatever, beat my seed time. Right. And mm-hmm. I just went out there and hammered and tried to maximize place. So you ran some, some huge 5,000s this year, uh, some also some really great cross races, as we already mentioned. How do you balance the training for those two? Well, I kind of just trained for track and then trusted that uh, the base and, you know, quality of being a, training for the 5,000, 10,000 on the track is kind of similar to the cross-country scene other than the surface, of course, but... I just trust that being really fit for one can translate over to the other. And I didn't really do anything specific training wise for Uganda or Boca. It was mostly track work and, you know, road tempos, the stuff we do for track season out here. I mean, we maybe jumped on the grass a few times, but it's not very, like the weather was not necessarily ideal for that. There was a lot of snow on the ground this winter. So I kind of just, trusted that being fit would translate onto the grass just as well as it did on the track. So, so how, how did your coach take it? I, I mean, I remember talking to uh, Justin Knight a couple of years ago and, uh, and his coach, coach Fox, uh, he was, he was totally on board with him, uh, running national or sorry, international cross races and stuff. Uh, you, you had to juggle the two of them, you know, how's, how's your coach through all this and, and what was the support system like at BYU? So, Coach Eyestone himself was actually the senior men's coach for the U.S. team in Uganda hmm. and has a lot of international cross-country experience. I think he said to me he had made six senior teams and one junior team back in his day for the U.S., and he said that his favorite racing experiences of his entire running career were world cross. He felt like those are what you know made him the runner he ended up being, and he was a two-time Olympian and quite the achieved runner himself so he loves world cross and when i bounced the idea off of him near the end of our ncaa cross country season about me trying out for that for this this squad he was more than willing to make it happen byu actually you know paid for my travel out there and he came out with me and we enjoyed kingston and uh ran a ran a good enough race to make the team and he was very excited for it i mean he, d- he didn't like having to do NACAC the week before NCAAs because, you know, I ran a hard 8K mm-hmm. five, six days before I was about to run a, a hard 5K against the nation's best. And that's never ideal, especially even if you just consider the travel and the, the hype of another race the week before. It's not what you'd prefer before something you're supposed to be peaking for. But all in all, he's, he's really happy with the experience and uh, he was proud of how I did at both of those meets, and he loved it. He loved the international stuff. So you were recruited by a bunch of schools going into into college down there, but you ended up going with BYU, and obviously it sounds like a really good fit now. Did you kind of have that feeling going in back then? Honestly, no. Um, I was very set on, you know, kind of, expanding my horizons and like not staying in Utah. I went to high school here in Utah where I spent a lot of my youth. My family moved from uh, Calgary when I was younger 
out to Utah. And so like, I kind of wanted to get out of here and go somewhere else, but I came on a visit and, you know, I just really had a good feeling about it and trusted that gut feeling and knew that this was a program that could take me to the next level. And ultimately, you know, I'm running here to, to reach the next level and, you know, chase down some more world teams, some bigger ones. So I was, uh, like I said, I was creeping your Twitter a little bit earlier, which is at the Papa links. Uh, you tweeted looking ahead at a 10,000 meter debut. And I believe there was a, a dot, dot, dot after that. What, uh, what sort of emoji would you attach to that tweet? Um, the one with all the teeth showing and, you know, in between like a cringe and a, and a grin, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, Definitely am excited for the event, but nervously excited. You never know. It's uncharted territories. I've ran good 5,000s, and my training has been there, but uh, you go through 5K and a 10K, and you realize you're only halfway there, and you never know what's going to happen. Do you, uh, do you think your future is in that event, or, or do you want to hold off on, on making that call until you actually, uh, until you actually finish one? You know, you, you want to be careful making that call but i feel like i generally am stronger with the longer stuff uh i i like my speed but realistically if i want to look at you know making those world teams in the future on the track i don't know if my chances are as good in the 5000 as they would be in the 10 i feel like i have a higher ceiling in the 10000 than i do in the 5 you know, I have to ask because, you know, you spent quite a bit of time in Utah, but you did spend some time in Alberta as well. And uh, it seems like Alberta has a really great running scene that's kind of almost ignored in this country. Um, make the case for Alberta for me. You know, what's uh, what's so special about there? Why should people be paying attention to running out in Alberta? Well, I mean, for one, it's a good place to be a runner. Just kind of like Utah here, it's at a higher altitude it's not at sea level i find that to be more ideal for training just gives you that little edge it's a little bit more of a seasonal like winters can be bad but you also have really nice spring and uh fall and summer running weather and as for most of canada actually it's not too bad but i was there in december and we ran through fish creek provincial park me and trevor and it's it's beautiful i mean it's a great place to go, and uh, we did a long run with about 20 sub-elite Calgarians that just were ready to jump on this pain train and just have a good little 30K run, and it's pretty cool that the community all meets together and runs together. Like, I find that really neat. So it's it's a little bit more intimate because it's, like you said, it's not on the map, So and that's for a reason. It's a smaller, more intimate group, but they, uh, I feel like Albertans and Calgarians and such – all have each other's back and you know they look out for each other and like like trevor you know he's he's really into giving the albertans love and it's because they all give him love and they give it's a good community so what are the big plans for this year uh you know i'd like to do as well as i can in the ncaa system for now run some fast times uh Hopefully, like I said, a solid 10K next week at Mount Sac and a solid 5K at Peyton Jordan and then go potentially, I've dabbled on the thought of doing the 10 and 5 both at regionals and trying to 
make them both at nationals, but that's something I'll, I'll approach as it gets closer. I'm at least going to do one of them, obviously. Uh, and then after I've, I think I want to run nationals, obviously mm-hmm. in Ottawa, it'll be cool. I've never been to Ottawa. So, and it's fun to extend your season and to run, like I said, I like racing against those new fresh faces and, it's going to be a good year. I think that there's a lot of Canadians that are running really well this year and it'll be a lot of fun to go mix it up with those guys. I mean, you saw what Mike Tate did this last weekend and Mm -hmm. I've gotten to know a lot of these guys through making these teams. And so I, I, I like racing these guys. So I want to, I want to get out there and run one quality track race up in Canada. He is Rory Linkletter. He goes to BYU. He is a total beast, man. He ran the Pan Am Cup, the NCAA 5K Finals, as well. He ran in Uganda at the World Cross Country Championships. I'm going to throw out his Twitter one more time. I hope you get a few more Twitter followers off of this, man. I hope so, too. (laughs) At the Pablo Links, uh, as well, you can follow him on Instagram, at Rory underscore link letter thanks a lot for being on the show man and uh hey i'll be seeing you in ottawa hopefully this year yeah thanks for having me earlier this week athletics canada announced that the canadian track and field championships will be happening at the terry fox athletic facility in ottawa from july 3rd until the 9th we caught up with technical lead scott mcdonald to find out the details all right so i think as as you well know ottawa has a very rich history of track and field stars including you know melissa bishop uh, glenroy gilbert has strong ties to the area uh i guess there was some guy back in the 90s who ran sub four went to michigan um perhaps you've heard of him i don't know uh like i said being from the area yourself how would you describe the the level of fanship and uh and all that sort of stuff for the sport in the area yeah, I had. Uh, I think I may, might make the bottom of your list there, <laughs> as far as uh, my my claim to fame, I guess, was being teammates with Kevin Sullivan at, at Michigan, and uh, I guess with any Ontario crowd, um, I do have an officer gold medal, so that gives me a little street cred, I guess. <laughs> the Olympics. Um, <laughs> that's right. Um, no, very strong club program here over the years, and uh, you know my involvement goes back. I mean, I think I first was recruited to come out and train with one of the coach's sons when I was 11 years old. So still doing, still a hockey player and baseball player at the time, but they convinced me to come out and it was the East Ottawa Lions back then. Hmm. Um, and then grew into being just, you know, the club in Ottawa. And um, even after my career, I actually was executive director for the Lions for a couple of years. Um, so very strong ties to, to the club. Um, myself over the years and always been a good club in terms of long-term athlete development. So, you know, you mentioned, you know, Glenroy and others back in the day, Sean Cale, he was an Olympian, a few others. Um, but even recently, you know, I think there were five or six that were on the, the Olympic team for Rio. So very strong uh, club tradition and, and uh, um, you know, we're hoping that hosting uh, this year and a sort of week-long festival, maybe to drag some of uh, my old teammates and alumni back, uh, um, bring their families out and enjoy enjoy the show for a couple of days on their home track. For sure, and uh, I don't know if you've caught it, but uh, actually one of my favorite web series going on right now is the is the One Track Mind guys. Uh, they're kind of a <laughs> decathlete people, and and they're out of Ottawa too. So I yeah. You know, 
I, I don't know if you've caught that at all, but I've always gotten the impression that with the Ottawa Lions being such, you know, a massive club, uh, like I said, strictly an outsider's perspective, it, it looks like it's a town that's that's really into its track and fields. Yeah, so, um, yeah, some interesting videos those guys have been putting out there, and I think the, the race versus Amelia, I think, was right. Roman was recently and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's really... I think cool and exciting when people have uh, um, outside the box kind of thinking and approach to, you know, entertaining people through, through um, with track and field. Cause we do have a great sport and uh, finding new ways to make that exciting is, uh, is pretty cool. And there is, there has been for sure a tradition of putting on competitions in Ottawa and sort of the twilight meets was something that Andy McInnes had started with the lions uh, that has continued. So the idea of the kind of two and a half hour, um, you know, exciting evening competition when the um, when the you know temperature drops and good conditions, all all that um, type of thing. I remember even back when I was involved with the club, we had uh, Mike Woods who wanted to take a run at um, Greg Anderson's junior three thousand meter record, mm-hmm. and we sort of promoted that, and um, you know got some excitement out there around that and tried to try to get a crowd so right now in the sport we have coming out of rio such great stars and role models um on the olympic and paralympic side that uh it was a, it was a good opportunity and like with the 150th birthday um celebration in the nation's capital to have a you know week-long festival of hey come out and see these stars that you watched in in rio and uh and we're also selecting a team for the world championships um, in London this summer. Um, and the para athletes, actually, one of the reasons we're front loading the para events is because they're leaving from here straight to their uh, world championships in London on the Friday. So really, it's a kind of a competitive opportunity and tune up meet for them to get on the road. So, um, you know, Ottawa certainly has a strong track and field tradition and, uh, and, you know, we're trying to think of different ways each day to get people excited and come out. And, you know, alumni obviously is one, but then there's the Run Ottawa distance night that we're talking about. And they're, um, they've been a great partner for us with cross country and things like that. And um, John Halverson has, you know, been a big driver for us there. And he's an alumnus of the Ottawa Alliance as well. So, um, yeah, so that, that network of uh, Ottawa Alliance alumni is, is certainly behind the scenes. When I saw the da- the dates and the announcement uh, a little bit earlier this week happening July 3rd to 9th uh, in Ottawa, I was actually pretty happy because I had already secured uh, you know a room to go and, and celebrate uh, Canada Day f- with the Canada 150 celebrations happening in Ottawa. Um, you know, did that have any influence on your decision to have the champs there? And will there be any sort of way to tie that in with the, the festivities? Yeah, I think it's a nice hook, and it's probably good that you, if you have a hotel arranged already, it'd be pretty, uh, uh, pretty busy place around July first, certainly. Um, but uh, yeah, that was kind of the idea. Is coming off of that, we'd have a week long of you know excitement. We have uh, they've hosted in Ottawa the NACAC combined events as well the last few years, so that'll be the sort of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, so, yeah, we definitely sort of had in mind, I don't know if it was into the decision originally, but certainly the way to, to put it together and to to package it, the 150 celebration um, came to mind. And one of the partners we have uh, that we're working with a bit is uh, Participation, 
Hmm. who currently has, uh, you've probably seen the commercials maybe for the 150 playlist. Mm-hmm. And we've got a few like walking, running and athletics are all different numbers on the, uh, on the playlist. So, um, so we have a bit of a hook in with that and we're going to do actually between the more sort of afternoon and evening sessions on the Saturday, um, we're going to do a fun sort of kids activation with some, some local kids doing running, jumping, throwing, wheeling, all that, uh, all that kind of stuff. So kind of like the, you know, the Timbits in between periods, but we'll actually have a couple hours for kids to be, um, you know, running around and jumping and, and, and having some fun. So really that is the concept that we're trying to have this time is, uh, this is a, it's a celebration, a week long celebration of athletics, um, in Canada and, and uh, in the nation's capital, which I think can be uh, pretty cool. So the setting for this is all at the Terry Fox Athletic fa- Facility. I haven't been there myself. Uh, perhaps what you could describe to uh, all the athletes traveling in, uh, you know, what's the, what's the reputation of the track? Um, you know, how open to the wind is it? Uh, is it a fast track? Uh, g- give us the details. Sure, it's a Mondo Super X surface, so it's uh, it is pretty fast um, for the sprints. As we've been able to do the last few years. We do have the ability to uh, to change directions depending on the on the wind. Um, you know, like anywhere, it can get windy at times. Um, so it's uh, um, you know there's water nearby, so sometimes there's some wind coming off of off of there from uh, Mooney's Bay. Uh, but it's a really nice setting. Uh, Technically, the track is very good. Um, all of the field events have sort of dedicated areas. So there's bi-directional long jump, two long jump runways, uh, same for pole vault. High jump has its own area in a corner. They just had a huge investment in building a new um, throwing cage and throwing area, um, which is also sort of outside the stadium. So there's all these little sort of viewing areas at the track, which is pretty cool. So you have one big event track and field competition going on, but you can have these sort of little intimate um, viewing areas for each uh, field event as well. So, um, yeah, and, you know, trying to have some of those other elements to an event, uh, you know, um, beer tents and um, food trucks and um, music playing and all those sorts of things, Um to make it an event and not just a track and field competition. We know how to put on track and field competitions hmm. technically, mm-hmm. um, but we really want to make it a celebration, an event, and something that people do want to buy tickets to and, and come out and, and fill the stands. Talking to Scott McDonald right now. He's the technical lead for Athletics Canada. You can find him on Twitter at ScottyMacGSD, and uh, you can find Athletics Canada on Twitter. Fairly straightforward, at Athletics Canada. Um, I should note that it's not just the national championships, but uh, also being billed as the NACAC combined events Pan Am Cup, uh, as well as Boiling Point USA versus Canada Pair Challenge uh, will be going on as well at the beginning of the event. Uh, perhaps you can, can tell me a bit about those. Sure, yeah. They've actually in Ottawa hosted the, the NACAC combined events the last few years. So there's uh, you know, under 20 and uh, and senior competition Um We've had, uh, you know, lots of international uh, flair there. Some really good Cuban athletes that have come in, Americans. Um, I think um, I think Lyndon Victor, for instance, has been there the last couple of years, and he just broke the NCAA record, I believe, in the in the decathlon. So, mm. a very very good competition. Um, 
for the first uh, first few days. We'll also have, as I said, the para guys um, competing before they head off to Worlds. We've invited the Americans, American team to come as well. Um, so that's going to help uh, fill the fields and have a really good competition and reaching out even to other countries in the area. So um, that's sort of the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, Thursday, we kind of start into qualifiers and uh, and then Thursday night being the uh, the distance night and celebration with the Run Ottawa uh, support. And then uh, and then really Friday is uh, where we start getting into finals and we'll have the 100 meters, which is always exciting, especially uh, with Andre and Aaron Brown and, um, you know, the Olympic uh, relay medalists are all will all be there. Um, and then Saturday, uh, lots of finals, including um, Derek Druin and high jump. Um, locally, Melissa Bishop is, is going to be a big draw, so I expect Eganville to be there in force. <laughs> uh, and then Sunday we will have the, you know, the 200s. Um, I think uh, locally Tim Meadow will be throwing in the shot put. Um, Adam Palomar in the 1500. So there's kind of a local flair and a national flair. I mean, we've got uh, so many stars nationally right now. Um, tons of Olympians, Paralympians. So um, get your tickets. It's going to be an exciting show, I think. So this is this is an ongoing uh, debate, I think, a bit on the on the tracky boards, but also internally as well too. Um, with track and field being so accessible from pretty much everywhere now with with runner space through Athletics Canada, uh, I find that maybe the stands aren't quite as full as they should be. Perhaps you could, uh, could give me a reason why people should get off their couches, drop their phones, turn off their TVs, and actually go to the track and, and watch this event. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we've, we, we really saw hopefully uh, the you know really going in the right directions last year in Edmonton and obviously the Olympic trials is always something that piques people's interest but uh, but we had really great crowds there um, and that's what we're hoping to build on like I said coming out of Rio there's lots of uh, not just great athletes but uh, you know great uh, people and great role models as well and um, it's an exciting sport and everybody gets excited about it for the Olympics but these guys grind it out for um, years before they get to that point and this is an opportunity to see them go head to head and um you know really want to make it a fun environment um for people to enjoy the sport but you know enjoy a night out and uh, and cheer on their their heroes so um you know we want families to come out um you know kids under 12 i think are free and um yeah we're in. Uh, we're, we're looking at it more as uh, as much as we love track and field. We're in the entertainment business here as well with these events, and um, you know this is uh, this is an entertaining um, week of of excitement. So, I see that you're uh, looking for volunteers. What exactly would they be doing, and, and maybe what are some of the perks of of being involved as as a volunteer? Um. I can sort of speak to it too. I remember um, Ottawa hosting Olympic trials back in the eighties and, and I was a, a young kid carrying baskets and, and adjusting hurdles and, uh, and that sort of thing. So there's never a shortage of, uh, of jobs to be done behind the scenes at these events. Um, and it's, uh, um, you know, there's lots, lots of things to be done, but it's also a great opportunity to come in and, 
and see and, and, and meet some of these athletes up close. Um, and, uh, and really enjoy being part of the, part of the process and, and behind the scenes, making it, making it all happen. So, um, I know that we've, uh, we've reached out through run Ottawa as well. They've, they've got a huge network of, for the, for a marathon, you know, that there's tons of volunteer <laughs> jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we would love to, anybody that wants to come and help out, certainly on the website, you can, you can register and we'll, we'll find something exciting and, and fun for you to do. I'll get the information for for from you in just a few uh, a few seconds. But first, uh, a little bit off top of of a question. I see you, you know, all over the place. Uh, I suppose that comes with with your job of being the technical lead. Uh, however, one place that I saw you last year uh, was celebrating Dave Bailey's fiftieth uh, anniversary of of running the first Canadian sub four minute mile. Uh, you are a sub four minute miler, if people didn't know as well. Um, and, and they brought together just a whole good collection of people who have gone under four minutes. And, and it was a really, really nice ceremony. Uh, this was at the 1500 meter night in London. I have to wonder, you know, were you watching races that night and, and thought, oh, geez, if I had my spikes in the car, maybe, maybe I'd hop a, and, and get, you know, three and three quarter laps in. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think my competitive days are behind me, but you know, we are hosting the, uh, the world masters. So I've had a few people pushing like, Hey, who's going to come back out and, uh, and put them on. And it was funny that night. And you know, it was great. It's great to be among that, uh, that great group. So it's a while ago now, I think 94 was when I was able to sneak under, but, um, but even like Rich Tremaine was out there running and then came in to join uh, the group and, we all kind of thought he was a little crazy for for getting out there and running and then coming in and being one of the sub four guys who's still out there grinding it out. So, um, yeah, you know, every once in a while you miss, you miss it, you miss running fast. And I get on the treadmill now and it's a bit of a slog, but, (laughs) um, yeah, I don't see that in my, in my future, but I'm certainly a huge fan of, of the sport. And it was great to get to get together with some of those guys and, and meet the guy who did it first and sort of the people that paved the way along along the way and uh and then some of my some of the guys i battled back in the in the 90s it was a pretty cool night so mm-hmm. i mean it'd be great to drag all those guys back out and <laughs> get them to ottawa for the for the nationals and, and we are talking about having an alumni tent there um not just alumni for you know obviously we're going to target the ottawa alliance alumni locally but um you know the more the more of those guys who are you know lifelong fans of the sport we'd, we'd love to bring them back out and get them get them out there and excited about what's going on in the sport right now. Cause it's a pretty exciting time. For sure. For sure. Uh, just, uh, to wrap up where, where can people find more information on this event? So on our website at www.athletics.ca. Um, and there's lots of information there. If you go to the event, uh, to the event site, tickets are on sale already. Um, there's uh, there's an area for, um, volunteers, um, you know, schedules up, technical package, uh, hotel information, all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, get your uh, get your hotel rooms and and get your tickets. It's going to be fun. The Canadian Track and Field Championships happening July third through till uh, the ninth. Uh, just announced this week will be happening at the Terry Fox Athletic Facility in Ottawa. I've been talking to Scott McDonald. He's the technical lead for Athletics Canada. You can find them on Twitter at Athletics Canada, or you can find Scott at Scotty Mac GSD. Thanks a lot for taking the time, man. Sure, thank you. I look forward to seeing you in Ottawa. 
That wraps up another edition of the Terminal Mile. Big thanks to my guests this week, both Rory and Scott, as well as to Tracky for their ongoing support. If you want to find us online, you can do so on Instagram and Twitter at the Terminal Mile. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and of course, Tracky.ca. Big thanks to you for listening. This has been the Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. Music